giving their lives for the freedom of this nation. And Diane and I, we were just in Kansas City. We went there for a couple of days just to get away. And I didn't know this, but there was a World War I museum there. The, the World War I museum is there. And uh, I didn't know that, but uh, we visited that. And I learned much in school about all the wars that the United States you know, has been involved in. But, you know, it was good to remember because I had forgotten some things about World War I. Uh, anybody remember anything about World War I? Ever hear of the Red Baron? You know, and uh, in the trenches and all quiet on the Western Front. I had read that book in high school. I had forgotten all about it. But when we got to that museum, I remembered a lot of what I had forgotten about World War I, you know, forgetfulness can be costly. Have you ever been sitting taking a test in school and you knew the information, you knew the answers yesterday, but you're sitting there on that test and you draw a blank and forget? Is that a horrible feeling? It can be costly, forgetfulness. Forgetting your wallet. Have you ever forgot your wallet? I've already gone out to run some errands and I needed to buy some gas or whatever and <laughs> glad I didn't get stopped by a police officer because I wouldn't have had my license with me, you know. Have you ever forgot your way to a destination? You know, you, you had gone there in the past but, but then you'd forgotten. Thank God for those cell phones. Okay, we were in, uh, when I said we were in Kansas City, and you can type in that cell phone or speak it. You don't have to type into it. You speak into it, tell it, <laughs> QT near me. And it'll tell you right where the QT is. Have you, do you all have cell phones? You And uh, it used to be Diane, she'd have her map on her, and she'd be telling me, you know, turn here, turn there. But uh, this lady that's on the cell phone, is really smart. I'm telling you what. And uh, of course, the maps didn't, that we used didn't have the, where the QT was or get in the middle, not the far left lane, but the second from the left. Do you, have you ever used those GPSs? I mean, they're just, you know, they've, they've, they've saved so much on Diane and I getting into arguments when we're driving. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you forget your, has anybody ever forgot your cell phone? And I mean, you'll turn heaven and earth upside down to find that baby, won't you? It's amazing what they can do. But forgetfulness can be costly, like forgetting your wife's birthday or anniversary. Has anybody ever done that? You know, someone said, those who forget history are destined to repeat it. There's another quote that I found that was real good. Listen to this, failure to remember and honor the sacrifices by those who have gone before us will of necessity lead to a failure to preserve the very things for which they died. Freedom is not free. And those who recognize its cost will continue to pay its price so that it is preserved while those who do not 
will not, and so we'll lose it. You get that? Failure to remember and honor the sacrifices by those who have gone before us will of necessity lead to a failure failure to preserve the very things for which they died. You know, those soldiers that have died over the years on the battlefield, they did so so that we could sit here this morning and be free. Is that right? But freedom is not free. And you know it isn't. You know, the soldiers died on the battlefield over the years to provide us this freedom, which is a temporary thing in the scheme of things. But Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood to provide freedom for us for eternity. Is that right? So it's not free, really, is it? Somebody had to pay the price. Freedom is not free, and those who recognize its cost will continue to pay its price so that it is preserved. But those who do not recognize its cost will not, and so will eventually lose freedom. We need to be holding, well, I just need to remember the price that was paid for us. By Jesus, most of all, eternally, but we need to honor, always be holding remembrance those who have died on the battlefield. I know when we were at that World War I museum, they had trenches. You know, I talked about all quiet on the Western Front. In World War I, they used trenches, and they dug trenches, you know, and the soldiers would fight from those trenches. And, I mean, it was really, it was, it was bizarre to really see real life what those soldiers were in when they were fighting. You know, war is an ugly thing. It's an ugly thing. But sometimes you have to go to war to stop people like Hitler and things like that. Is that correct? Yeah, you know it is. And uh, it was interesting to find out and re- recall why we got into World War I. And it was something that the president didn't want to, to, to do, but he had no choice. And Anyway, it's very interesting. But the Word of God, the Bible tells us over and over again to remember You know, the first thing we need to remember more than anything else is the Word of God. The Bible tells us, just some things the Bible tells us to remember. Remember the poor. Remember those who suffer for the gospel's sake. Remember spiritual leaders. The Apostle Paul remembered and honored those who served with him as soldiers in the army of the Lord. So the Bible tells us some things we need to remember. As I already mentioned, you know, it can be costly to forget, but you know, it's especially costly if you forget God. The Bible says the wicked, now listen to this, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. The Bible says, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul. And it goes on to say, forget not all his Benefits. You know, God has a lot of good benefits for serving Him. Did you know that? But if you forget what those benefits are, how many of you know you can't take advantage of something that you don't know anything about or that you've forgotten? I think a lot of us at one time knew some things about the Word of God, but I've learned this. If you don't keep the Word of God up in front of you, it's so easy to forget. You know, it's interesting... There's two main biblical reason that's reasons. Listen to this. There's two main biblical reasons that someone forgets God. The first one is 
is not regularly on a daily basis keeping the word of God before us. Biblically, if you don't keep the word of God before you regularly and stay in it regularly, the Bible itself says that you will forget it. You have to not only keep it in front of you, but you have to do it. You got to be a hearer and a doer. And the Bible talks about a forgetful hearer. You know, there's a lot of people, and I've been guilty of this myself, where I've listened to good messages that ministers have preached, and 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 I didn't keep it in front of me. And you know, I I just real soon after hearing it be preached, I'd forget it. This is a good test for you. I do this. I ask my wife sometimes, and sometimes I can't even remember. What did I preach on last Sunday? Who said that? Wow. That's, I'm impressed. You get the gold star. All right. What did I preach on the Sunday before that? I'm, gonna, I'm peeling that gold star back away from him now. Does anybody know? I, I, I'm not doing this to put you on the spot because I don't even... Re- Mother's Day, okay, well, good. How did did you have notes, or did you, as a Pope Catholic, Lonnie takes notes? But you see, notes—that's a good thing, taking notes. But you see, that's I just shared that just as an example. It's it's real hard if you don't keep the Word of God in front of you. It's so easy to forget, isn't it? So one of the biblical reasons that people forget. God, forget the word of God, is that, and it's true for all of us, is they don't keep the word of God up in front of them on a regular basis. They, they, they hear it, but then they're a forget, book of James talks about it, they're a forgetful hearer, see. And then the, the other thing, it's interesting, this next one, another biblical reason that people forget God, forget the word of God is this, I put it in my own words, it's smooth sailing. To everybody, anybody heard, heard that term, smooth sailing? Everything's going great. All the bills are paid. You don't know about smooth sailing lately. But, but smooth sailing is something that will cause you to forget, forget God. The Bible says in the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, it, it, the Bible warns us that, that when, we're, when we've eaten and are full in our houses, we're living in nice houses and, and everything's multiplying and our silver's multiplied and our gold is multiplied and everything's multiplied and everything is going good is one of the most pivotal times. You really have to watch it because when you hit that smooth sailing and everything is going great, it's a time that you can really forget God. The Bible says so. God warned the people. You know, when when we're in tough times and things aren't going right, that'll cause us a lot of times to turn to God. But that smooth sailing, there's something about smooth sailing. There's something that's been in my heart lately that that I've written down. I've been saying it again and again. And I've really said this all these years, but now I've put it in a phrase that Run with God when you don't need Him, and He will run with you when you do. Run with God when you don't need Him, and He will run with you when you do. I want to say that again. Run with God when you don't need Him, 
You know what I mean by that? When all the bills are paid and your body is well and, and, and everything is going wonderful and you got that smooth sailing and you're, you know, run with God when you, I mean, yes, we always need God, but you know what I'm talking about. Run with God when you don't need him and then guess what? He'll run with you when you do. And, and I can give you scripture for, for that. I'm not going to right now, but, but, uh, but I could. You know, uh, just, just some things here. Actually, what I did, I, I had three good sermons for Memorial Day, and I couldn't decide which one to preach, so I put all three of them together and shook them up, and I'm giving them all three to you in condensed form. So, is this making any sense so far? You know, there's three biblical ways to help us remember God and His Word. Three biblical ways to help us remember God and His Word. First of all is memory triggers. You know what a memory trigger is? Uh, how about a stick-it note? You know what a stick-it note is? Or put it on a refrigerator, a little stick-it note. My, my wife is great with this list. L-I-S-T. My wife makes lists. She'll make a list. She makes a list. And it's good that she makes lists. And she, may, she ever since I've known her, she's made a list. And uh, we go shopping, she's got a list. And it's really good. Because a lot of times I don't make a list and then I get home and I've forgotten half of what I went there to the store to get. Has anybody ever done that besides me? But my wife's got a list. And I, I even remember we many times over the years, the lights will she'll turn out the light. We're laying there and all of a sudden the light will go back on. And, so what are you doing? So I need to write this down. What do you do with that? So I got to do something tomorrow. I don't want to forget it. That's really, it's a good thing, isn't it? Memory triggers. You know, the old, in the Old Testament, the Bible says that, that, that God instructed the people to tie the word of God on their hands, around their wrists, on their hands, and on their foreheads. Wouldn't that be something if I tied the Bible on my forehead? Would that look but the scriptures, the verses, so that why? So they wouldn't, Forget. And actually, remember when they crossed the Jordan River, God made, told them to, uh, they, they put mem- stones there, memorial stones, so they wouldn't forgot, forget what God had done for them. You know, it's so easy to forget what God has done for us. It's so easy to forget what people have done for us. One thing I've been, I haven't been good at a lot of things, but one thing I've been pretty good at is remembering what people have done for me. So important. If you want to walk in the continued blessing of God, you always want to be mindful of what He's done for us. And one way to do that is is through memory triggers. Maybe you need to just write a note and put it by the side of your bed when you get up in the morning. Thank God. What do I got to thank God for? Can you breathe? Well, first of all, you got up. That's something to thank God for. Right? You woke up. You didn't wake up dead. Is that wonderful? We didn't wake up dead. <laughs> and then, can you see? Can you hear? You're breathing. I mean, you don't have pain in your body. You know, there are some people who wake up there in pain every day. Do you know that? There's always something we can find to thank God for. Is that right? I still thank God for, when did we go to Bible school? 80... 89, 90, 91. I still thank God that he got me that job at Tulsa Junior College so I didn't have to work at 
at a fast food place or something, you know? Wouldn't that have been something? I have a college degree and I would have to work at the fast food. Now, there's nothing wrong with working at fast food. Say amen, that's, that's fine. But, but uh, I, and then one, one day, I had to shingle a roof with a guy, but actually, I didn't do the shingling. You don't want me shingling your roof. I had to take the shingles off. I can do that. And I was sitting there at the end of this, 100 degrees outside. It's probably 110 on the roof. And I just was thanking, thanking my mama. I called her on the phone and thanked her for keeping me in school. <laughs> Make, you know, we need to be thankful for what people has, have done for us so that I could teach in air conditioning and I didn't have to rip shingles off the roof. How many of you know there's nothing wrong with ripping shingles off the roof? But wouldn't it be nicer to stand in an air-conditioned room teaching? Unless you're teaching junior high or middle school, then I kind of like the nails and the shingles, you know. But memory triggers. Here's something else that people don't think of that'll help us remember, biblical way to remember. The Holy Spirit helps us remember. Jesus said he'd bring all things to our remembrance of things that he had said to us. But see, for the Holy Spirit to bring stuff to our remembrance, we have to put the word of God in us. See what I'm saying? And so memory triggers will help us remember. The Holy Spirit will help us remember. And then the fish. What you talking about, Pastor? Yeah, I said the fish. Remember we talked about smooth sailing a minute ago? But remember Jonah disobeyed God and God prepared a great fish. And Jonah wound up in the belly of the fish. And you know what Jonah said from the belly of the fish? Jonah said, I remembered the Lord. I don't want to have to go into the belly of the fish to remember the Lord. How about you? I think memory triggers, uh, trusting the Holy Ghost is a lot better of winding up in the belly of the fish. But I'm here today to tell you that if you won't listen... My mother told me years ago, and I've never forgot this, when I was acting up and misbehaving. Has anybody ever acted up and misbehaved besides me? I was a pretty good kid to raise. I really never did cause my mother any trouble, really, but there was a couple of times. And I remember when she, she only did this a couple of times, but she'd, she'd grab me. Now, my grandma had a cane. She walked on a cane, and she'd hook me around the neck with that cane, pull me in. Well, my mama didn't have a cane, but she, her fingernails, they were never real long, but they were long enough. And she'd grab a hold of me, and she'd dig those fingernails in, not to hurt me, but just she had my attention. And she said, she said, you know, I always pick on you. I'm not going to pick on you. I'm not going to pick on you. How about I pick on, I'm going to go pick on you. And she'd grab me and she'd grab me and she'd dig those fingernails in. And she'd say this. She said, if you don't listen, you'll have to feel. Now you think about that sometime. If you don't listen, you'll have to what? If you don't listen to good advice, if you don't listen to your, your mother's and father's good advice, you'll have to feel the consequences of misbehaving. I've never forgotten that to this day. John, if you don't listen, you're going to have to feel. You, did you get that? Did you understand what she was saying? 
And, and, and it's real scriptural. If we won't listen to good sound advice, then we'll have to feel. I don't want to feel, do you? You know, what I, you know what I mean? I mean, if you don't obey the law, eventually you'll wind up in prison. Is that right? So if you don't listen and follow the rules, you wind up in a... My mother called it the hooskow. You know, ever heard of hooskow? Prison, I don't know. <laughs> My grandma spoke German and English, and sometimes I get quoting the, the German, saying those German words, and I don't know what they mean. I better be careful. I get around some German people. If you don't listen, what? You'll have to feel. So three ways to help you remember the Word of God. What, what's the first one? Memory triggers. Second would be Holy Spirit. And then the, the fish. If you don't listen, you'll... See, Jonah didn't listen to God, did he? He didn't listen to God. You ought to go read the book of Jonah sometime. There's only, I think, four chapters. And, and Jonah, see, he didn't obey God. So the Bible said he went just the opposite way of the Lord. And he had to pay, you see, see, he had to pay his fare onto that ship. And he, the Bible says he kept going down, down, down. He went down into the ship and then he went down into the ocean and down into the fish. If you disobey God, you're going to keep going down, 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 down. If you don't listen, you'll have to what? Feel. So have good sense. Listen. Listen to what your parents are telling you. Listen to what the, the Lord's saying. Amen? Is that right? Listen, so you don't have to what? Feel. Now, certainly there's much for us to remember. But as I begin to close the message, now we've got a little time here, but I'm going to close it with this. There are some things we need to forget. We're talking about Memorial Day and remembering the soldiers who died to keep us free and talking about remembering and remembering the Lord and so on. And I want you to know that if you don't listen, you have to feel that wasn't in my notes. The Holy Ghost had that for somebody and maybe more than one person here today. If you don't listen, you'll have to what? You have to what? You have to feel. So some of this is in my notes. Some of this is coming just out by the Spirit of God. And you know that listen and feel is not just true of us when we're kids. It's, I'm 53, going to be double nickel. Next, you know what double nickel is next birthday, 55. Now I'm 54. What did I say? I'm a math teacher. You know, you think I could get that right. Used to be a math teacher. What comes after 53? So I'm 54 now. Next birthday I'm going to be... Double nickels. You thought I'd skip one there, you see. But just because I'm 55, if I don't listen, guess what? I have to feel. So anyway, much to remember. But you know there's some things we need to forget. And that's how I'm going to close this message. We all need to hear this. All of this. Go to Philippians 3.13. It'll be on the screen in the Amplified. I'm going to start midway through verse 13. The Apostle Paul is writing and he says, But this one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind 
See, that's what we need to forget, what lies behind. Now, don't misunderstand me. We can learn from our past. I've said this hundreds of times, but you need to hear it again. We can learn from our past. We just should not live in our past. Something I need to hear. My wife will tell you, I need to hear this. We should learn from our past. We just can't live in our past. He said, forgetting what lies behind. How many of you know when you're driving a car home today, how many of you know you ought to look in the rearview mirror occasionally? Yes or no? Just occasionally you ought to glance up there. Is that, is that right? And look out the rearview mirrors. You need, you need to know. But, if, but could you successfully drive home if all you did was look in the rearview mirror? And a lot of people live their lives, all they're doing is looking in the rearview mirror. You wind up never getting to where you're supposed to go. So forget what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. He said, I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. So let those of us who are spiritually mature. Now, now get this. Did you know that all Christians are not spiritually mature? Did you know that when you get born again, the Bible says you're a baby Christian? And you have to, it says, the Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And you grow spiritually just like you would grow physically. And do you know that a lot of Christians never do mature out of babyhood stage? Did you know that? And, and you see, he's saying here, a spiritually mature and full grown have this in mind and hold these convictions. See, if, if, if one sign that you can know if you're spiritually mature, are you able to forget what lies behind? See, if you're always living in your past, not learning from your past, but if you're always living in your past, what is that a sure sign of? You haven't developed spiritually as you should. Do you understand that? I've got this in my notes. Plan for your future, but you can't live in the future. You know why? Because you haven't got there yet. You plan for it. Learn from your past. Don't live in your past. Plan for your future. But how many of you know you have to live right now? How many of you know decisions you make right now will affect where you're at tomorrow and the next day and the next day? Is that right? And one of the biggest things that we need to forget is Offense. Real loud say offense. How many in here besides me has ever been offended by somebody, someone, something? Something's offended you. And we all need to hear this. Me as much as anybody. But all of us. I think there's something in this message here today for us all. We need to be able to forget Offense when we've been offended. You know, the anger that we have for people or the bitterness that we have for people really doesn't hurt anybody but ourselves. You know that. 
holding on to offense is like taking poison, hoping it's going to kill the person that you're offended at. It's not going to hurt them. It's just going to hurt you. Is that right? You know, there comes a point where, where we need to, like the one guy said, if you're offended, he said, build a bridge and get over it. You know, I was thinking when we were in Kansas City this last week, not only did we go to the World War I Museum, but did you know that, that, that there was a president from Missouri? His name was Harry Truman. Does anybody know his middle initial? S. Do you know what the S stands for? Huh? It stands for S. It doesn't stand for anything. It was given to him because I think both of his grandfathers had one of their names started with an S. So they gave, Harry Truman doesn't have a middle name, just S. And it was in honor of, I think it was his grandparents. Pretty cool. If if nothing else, now you know what the S stands for. But he's, I think, is he the only president we've had from the state of Missouri? Is that, is that correct? And anyway, so I learned a lot about him that I, that I had known and I had forgotten. But does anybody remember what got us into World War, what brought the United States ultimately into World War II? And the Japanese bombed it, right? And then later, Harry Truman dropped the atomic bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Is that right? So there was a day where the United States, and rightly so, was offended with Japan. And then Japan had reason to be, I guess, upset with us, although they started it. And without getting into all of that, what am I trying to say? Are we friends with, the, with uh, Japan today? Have we made amends? Have we gotten over it? I mean, we're not in the same state with Japan that we used to be. Is that right? So was there reason for offense back there in World War II? But now today, there's been amends made. Is that right? That's a good example, isn't it? You could be offended with somebody, but then time can pass and you can get over it and be friends. Is that right? If we become offended, we must forget the past offenses and move on to the future. This is easier said than done. Did you know that Proverbs 18, 19 says this? Look at this. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. That's just the first part of that. A brother offended is harder to win. We could say it this way. A brother offended is harder to win back than a strong city. Think about that. Have you ever dealt with somebody that's been offended? And, and, and you do everything you know to do to try to apologize and they're just not having any of it. The Bible says that somebody that is offended is harder to win than what? A strong city. Don't be a Christian that easily gets offended. What are we talking about? Forgetting offense. You know... If you're easily offended, what did we say? That's a sign that you've not developed spiritually as you should. Of 
Christians who are easily offended, reading from my notes, are not very deep spiritually. They have no root. They're not spiritual adults. Oh, they're going to heaven, all right. They're saved, all right. But look at Mark 4.17 in the King James. Look at this, Mark 4.17 in the King James. Jesus giving the parable of the sower. He's talking about this one group of people that have no root in themselves. They heard the word of God. They have no root and so endure for a time. But afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they're what? They're offended. Don't be touchy, 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 touchy. Can you say amen to that? Touchy, touchy, touchy. Don't, don't be that way. The more spiritually mature you are, the less likely you are to become offended. Offense, listen to this, offense causes fences to go up between people. Offense. Have you ever had a fence go up between you and somebody else? Just reading from my notes here, and I've learned this as a pastor over the years. When I, as a pastor, offend people, even with the Word of God, fences go up. Unless people build a bridge and get over the fence, they can know. Did you know that when you offend somebody, it's real hard for that person to receive from you? But why? Because there's a fence up there. I've done this over the years. I've been I've watched this over twenty some odd years. I've been up here teaching, teaching the Word of God, and sometimes people. Did you know there's a difference? Here, this is a good example. I'm going to get back to him. Now, who just hit him? I did. Put your toes out there. Who just stepped on his toes? I did. Now, what did I just hit him with? Now, what just stepped on his toes? Now, there's a difference between me doing it and the Word doing it. Right? Now, if I do it, now listen to me. I'm getting right down where people live here now. If I do it, if I do it, I owe him an apology. We don't apologize for this. You hear me? So if I come up and I hit you myself, I owe you an apology. But if I hit you with the word, how many of you know you don't need to go beating people over the head with the word? But if I preach the word, hit you with the word, I don't owe you an apology. Is that right? You know, Jesus, was he the Word made flesh? And did you know that word, Jesus, offended people? And you know he never ran after anybody and tried to, I'm sorry I said that. How do you apologize for the truth? Why would you apologize for the truth? Now, if I'm, in just, if I'm being ignorant and I get over in the flesh and just offend somebody, I need to apologize. But if we teach the Word of God, why do we apologize for the, for the teaching of the Word of God? Now, I've had to learn over the years. I've had to learn as a pastor, I don't beat people over the head with it. I lovingly share it with them. 
You know, there is, you know, you can take the word of God and beat people up with it. You, you shouldn't do that. You understand that? For the sake of time, and, and, and uh, I'll just skip those verses because I've already said it. I don't need to turn to them. You know, Jesus one day preached a message. He said, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no eternal life in you. Remember Him saying that in John 6? How many of you remember that? How many of you know almost everybody, everybody did walk away from Him? Big crowds, they all walked away except the 12. How many remember that? Did you know He didn't go running after any of them? Did you know why they walked away? They, they actually, see, He wasn't literally telling them that they had to bite into his body and literally drink his blood. He was not preaching cannibalism, say amen. He was talking about selling out to him. But they were listening, listen, they were listening to spiritual truths with natural thinking, natural ears. And anytime you listen to spiritual truths with natural thinking, you're going to get offended. And did you know as all those people walked away from Jesus, do you know he didn't go after a one of them? But he turned to his disciples. And you know what he said? He said, do you want to go too? And Peter said, we have nowhere else to go. You have the words of eternal life. And he said, and one of you is a devil. Who is he talking about? Jews. What's the point? People get offended. But when you offend somebody with the word of God, you don't have to apologize. But if you offend somebody... Of your own doing, how many of you know you do need to apologize? You know what's really sad is when we offend somebody and that we don't really realize we offend somebody and we never take spiritual inventory. How many of you know we ought to take spiritual inventory of ourselves periodically and, and, and check ourselves? Do you think, have I offended anybody? Have I? A lot of times we offend people and, and, and they're offended. We don't even realize they're offended because one reason is we don't take spiritual inventory of ourselves. Wonder how come they haven't been talking to me lately. Have you ever had somebody, they called you regularly and all of a sudden they stopped calling you? And you ever wonder why that is? Maybe you've offended them. I don't know. We ought to take spiritual inventory once in a while, should we? So here's what you do. I'm going to give you two practical things to do, practical things, and we're going to be done. What do you do if you've offended someone? And then what are you supposed to do if you've become offended? Just, just take a minute. Go to Matthew 5. Jesus tells us exactly what to do. If you've offended someone, if you have a... We're talking about Memorial Day. We're talking about remembering things, forgetting things. I think this is helpful. What would a spiritual adult do? Now, spiritual babies, 
they, I, I, now this is going to be crude what I'm going to say, but you know a lot of times spiritual babies just go off in the corner. What does a little baby do when, a little kid, two-year-old toddler do when they, when they get angry and offended? They'll go off in the corner and suck their thumb. Is that right? Do you know Christians, 50-year-old Christians will do that spiritually? You know that? Yes or no? Yes or no? You know it's the truth. I've watched them. They'll go off in the corner and suck their thumb, so to speak. You know what I mean? Now, come on now. Holy Ghost is talking to some people in here. He's talking to me. <clears throat> There's one fellow from way back yonder did my wife and I some harm. And, and I've forgiven him, but every once in a while he comes up in the conversation, doesn't he? I need some work done on me yet. The Holy Ghost still needs to chisel a few things off of me. Does he need to chisel anything off of you? You know, I don't know why I'm saying this, but you know this, now I'm not really a flame of fire here today. Well, I'm a flame of fire, but I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm just don't have all that going. But you can be a flame of fire without yelling and screaming and going on. But you know what? Have you ever felt like there was like fire coming out of this pulpit burning stuff off of you? You know why uh, that is, and you need to put up with it and tolerate it because it's better to let the Holy Ghost burn the junk off you down here when there's still time to repent than to have Him burn it off you at the judgment seat of Christ. When you don't have time to repent, you'll be, in that, you'll be stuck with those rewards for eternity. Did you get what I just said? Don't you think it's a better deal to let the Holy Ghost move through the preacher with the Word of God and burn the junk off you down here? Then to have to wait till you get to the judgment seat of Christ and have him burn it off you there. But you know, a lot of folks won't tolerate the preacher. They'll get offended at him, and they'll go and they'll they'll go and they'll go off and suck their thumb, so to speak. And just, did you hear me? Did you hear me? Now don't do that. Don't do that. It'll cost you. Here's what you do if you've. Offended someone. Go to Matthew 5.23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, what does that mean? You've offended him or her. Jesus said, leave your gift there on the altar. Go your way. Be reconciled to your brother first and then come and offer your gift. Did you get that? Is that easy enough? So if you've offended somebody, how many of you know that, 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 that there's a lot of things more important than tithing and giving? Yes or no? And this is one of them. Jesus said if you've offended somebody, what you need to do is you need to leave your gift there, go get with that person, apologize to them, get reconciled, and then come and offer your gift. That's if you've offended somebody. Are you okay with that? And then the last one is in Matthew 18, 15. Here's what a spiritual adult would do if they've become offended. Now, the first one is if you've offended somebody. <clears throat> but now, what if you've become offended? What if you're in the boat of you've, been, you, 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 you've become offended? Look at what Jesus tells you to do. Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, what does that mean? They've offended you. You're the offended party now. Does he say, go into the corner 
withdraw from society, withdraw from everybody. And No, what does he say? He says, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. This is Jesus talking now. This is not Pastor Terry. This is Jesus. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Right? But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Now that doesn't mean out in front of everybody like this. It means the leadership Behind the scenes, how many of you know God's not in the embarrassing business? Do it with the leadership. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be, at that point then, let him be like a heathen and a tax collector. At that point, then you can withdraw yourself. Did you get that? So if you've offended somebody in a nutshell, what you're supposed to do, if you've offended them, before you offer your gift or do anything else, you go get with that person and apologize. Is that right? And if you're in the offended boat, if you're the one that's been offended, what are you supposed to do? Go to that person, talk about it. If they hear you, wonderful. If not, take two or three others. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said. If they hear you, great. If they don't, then tell it to the church leadership. If they still won't change, then you can withdraw. Just don't suck your thumb. Say amen. Did you get anything out of this? There was something, this is almost a hodgepodgery of things here today, but this is what the Holy Ghost wanted. This is what I had peace with. Some things we need to remember and some things we need to forget. What's the number thing we need to forget? Starts with an O. Offense. Stand with me if you would. Bow your heads with me. I know this this message was we all need to hear it. Every last one of us in here, every last person listening on this internet by these CDs, every one of us needs to hear these things. Again and again and again. We need to keep these things in front of us. We just need to keep these things in front of us. I think it was very simple here today. We try to keep it simple. I think anybody could understand it. I want to say this. This is really seems to be strong in my heart. There's some things that were said here today that if they're not heated, if they're not heated, you know what I mean when I say not heated? They're not listened to. They're not, they're not heated. this time next year I'd even say this time six months from now you'll think back to this time 
if it, I want to say it again. It's just real strong by the Spirit of God. You need to listen now. I, I want to say year, but, but, but that's not right. It's six, even six months. You'll think back. To this, right now, this, this, right now, Memorial Day weekend. That the Lord had something for me that he was trying to help me with. Oh, I should have listened. 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 Now listen, God is great. His mercy and his grace is great. He's a great forgiver. But this has to do with with just your life being miserable and rocky. It doesn't have to be. If this message would be heated right here, you could, you could avert that rocky road, that rocky road, that rocky road of turmoil and that road of, 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 of anguish and fussing and going on and just that can all be, it don't have to be. If you just put, put some of these principles into practice here that we talked about today, God had it for you here today. But if you won't listen, I don't know how it's better to say it than my mama said it. If you don't listen, you'll have to feel. And God, rather you listen. In his great love and great mercy, he had me preach this today. Just to help you. So that your way doesn't have to be rocky. It doesn't have to be fussing and fighting and turmoil. It doesn't have to be. But if you don't listen, you will have to feel. And six months will come and go and say, oh my goodness, I wish I'd have listened. I wish, I wish I'd have listened to what God had to say to me on Memorial Day weekend. So now I've delivered what God wanted me to say. Now you take it. do with it as the Spirit of God leads you. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to stand before these people and share your word. There are precious people and it is an honor and a privilege to get to preach your holy word from this holy pulpit. We thank you for it. We give all the honor and all the praise and all the glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer of any sort, there's people up here to pray with you. If you need to give your heart to Jesus, come on up and do that. Otherwise, you have a good, good Memorial Day. We'll see you next time. God bless you.